You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Oh, happy Monday, everyone. All happy right. Monday. We are back and we are recording lots of podcasts because um, we're trying to get ahead. And luckily we had like, I feel like we had one of those moments because sometimes Liz and I struggle some to like come up with topics. I mean, there's so many topics or we come up with them and then we forget them and we don't write them down. That is but a large problem of ours. <laughs> we have been way better about tracking things and we have a yes. plan in place for the next two months, which is really good because yes. the other problem for Becca and I is that we talk so much on different platforms like email, text, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> that Often both of us have like Friday fire topic. And we're like, yeah. And then we're like, where did I, t- what was it that I told you? It where was did- such a good and idea. Like, I can't remember. Through. So anyways, we are back today. We are talking about three big problems with dieting. So we're not talking about, you know, having just a diet as like your nutritional intake. That's different. Like, you know, a diet is, you know, what I consume day to day. We're talking about dieting in the way that you are approaching your fat loss goals. Okay. Yep. The mindset I would say around yes. dieting. Yeah. the pro- and, and like, it's a short term mindset. And that's actually, you know, we talked to a lot of women, obviously, and there was someone I was talking to this morning and I was mentioning how one of the, she was telling me different diets that she had done. She'd done Weight Watchers. She'd done OptiFast, which is like a pretty extreme shake diet that you're consuming like 800 calories, the HCG diet, like all these different things. Mm-hmm. But she was basically mentioning like, you know, well, in two months I lost 28 pounds, but then I like, I can't drink OptiFast every day for the rest of my life. And like, what do I do when I go out to eat with my family? And And I was telling her, I was like, well, that's, what I think the biggest problem with diets are is, you know, diets work, guys, they do like <laughs> keto works, you know, intermittent fasting can work to an extent, like all of these things work to an extent. The problem is we never think about the sustainability mm-hmm. of things and we never think about the long-term side effect of things. And so sure, do extreme calorie deficits work? For some people they do if they come from a place of like not being sick or not having been in an extreme calorie deficit for a while. But what we don't think about is like, what is this doing to our health long-term and our ability to sustain that weight loss long-term? And then two, we have the, I'm either dieting mindset or I'm like off the rails. Yeah, There, there is no in-between for people. And so one of the biggest things that Liz and I and our coaches do in our program is, and the reason that we work with people for six months in our program is because I, we want to take you through those phases. And if we don't at least take you through all of those phases, we want to teach you those phases. Like I want to teach someone what it looks like to maintain your weight loss mm-hmm. and how that is a healthy thing, a necessary thing, and definitely a lifelong thing. Like no one talks about the diet after the diet. And so the number one problem with diets is it's a short-term mindset. Yeah. And this is where, as we're working with clients too, we really focus on, is this sustainable for you and your lifestyle? I don't want this to be a diet protocol that you follow to lose weight. I want this to become your lifestyle that you just adjust up or down in different seasons mm-hmm. to get to your goal, right? The number one reason people regain the weight is because they have such a short-term mindset around, I'm going to do this for the next 60 days or 90 days or whatever it is 
it is, you know, an eight week challenge, a 10 week, Mm -hmm. 30 days. We used to do them. We used to. Yeah. But here's the thing is when people think about their diet that way and they think about it with these, you know, short term goals, what happens is when they get to that end date, they go ham, right? They just Mm -hmm. go back to the things that they were doing. They relax on all of the things and they stop being so rigorous or disciplined. And yes, in maintenance season, you don't have to be as disciplined or rigorous with your planning and tracking as you are in a fat loss phase, but you still need to be following through with the same habits that got you to your goal, right? If you have a six pack goal, right? And you do a 16 week cut and you get there and you get a six pack, how do you expect to maintain it? You have to keep doing the things that you were doing. You know, maybe you're eating a little bit more than once you get there, but essentially you have to still keep training the way that you were training. You have Mm -hmm. to keep eating healthy, clean foods. You have to keep drinking your water and sleeping and managing stress, right? And so this is a thing that we want to work with clients on is helping them understand that this is not a short-term diet program. This is a long-term view for the rest of your life because that is how you are going to not only get the results, but then you're going to sustain them because it works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's actually funny because I remember we talked to one of our clients this week and one of the things that we wanted to talk to her about was her food looked like really clean, like too clean. (laughs) <laughs> and she had been doing really well and it had been that way for the like for a few weeks prior to start you know since we started but we knew what food looked like prior to that and it wasn't like that and so we had the discussion of is this sustainable for you like yeah you feel mm-hmm. great you're, you're seeing progress this is awesome but like we challenge our clients like sorry this is too like this is too strict this is <laughs> this is not something that most people are able and willing to sustain and so if it is something like that like yeah, well, it's fine. Like I'm eating, you know, but then you know that you miss, you know, your glass of wine, you miss the chocolate that you enjoy. Like you need to include those things and learn how to include them. And maybe you don't include them during like a fat loss phase or something when we're trying to be more specific towards weight loss. But how do you know how to include them in the long-term look, you know? And so it's something that we actually talk to a lot of our clients about. If we start to see that like they go really hard into uh, our program and our coaching situation by like removing everything without us asking, them to um then we're like i don't know this is looking a little like it might backfire at some point (laughs) so that takes us to the next problem number two problem with dieting extreme measures that are taking or like the thought process of i'm willing to do anything to lose weight like i'm Mm -hmm. i just tell me what i need to do tell me what i need to take out tell me what i need to restrict tell me how many hours i need to exercise like i'm willing to do anything versus I want to be healthy for the rest of my life. You know, like I, talking to women that are 30, 40, 50, you have long times left to live. Mm-hmm. You do not want to damage your health in the next two to three months to drop 20 pounds only to deal with health problems for the rest of your life. So like we need to start looking at the bigger picture around what extreme measures are we taking and are they worth it? Like we we should not be drinking we talk about poop teas all the time, like detox shakes and doing fasts and like all of these ex- extreme measures. If we haven't addressed like foundational habits and things that are going, we, we're going to do a Friday fire, I think soon about this, but like, it's like the shiny object syndrome. Like you think about, you know, what extremes can I take? Should I fast for 16 hours? Should I remove all the carbs? Should I, mm-hmm. you know, restrict my calories to a thousand calories a day when, 
we haven't eaten vegetables consistently for a year. We haven't <laughs> exercised consistently for 10 years. Like there are much more foundational habits that will take you much further and be much healthier for your body than these extreme measures. Yeah. And when we take these extreme measures, we have to understand there's always going to be repercussions, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking of like, if we put somebody into, we do utilize um, keto for some individuals that are really struggling with insulin resistance. So we call it kind of a therapeutic keto, mm-hmm. but then they're like, oh, I'm going to fast not 12 hours a day. I'm going to do 16 hours a day. And it's like, wait a second. Right now we're only, you know, fasting 10 hours a day. We're going to just jump six hours. You want to just combine that with this because you think that's going to be what gets you there faster. Yeah, That's not always the case. And so we have to think about like, what are the impacts on our long-term health and understand what happens when we, as I always call it, like, deprivation diet essentially because you're depriving Mm -hmm. the body of nutrients that it needs so this is where you're eating 800 to 1200 calories a day that is too low for any female okay any adult any adult female even children i feel like i mean yeah i mean need to be goes through ebbs and flows (laughs) yeah you need to be eating adequate nourishment even in a fat loss phase like Please, ladies, get the 1,200 calories out of your mind. You need more than that. We can promise you. And when we are going to these extremes, what else happens in the body that's going to impact us three, five, 10 years from now? That's what we need to understand. So first and foremost, the thyroid gland takes a hit. So our thyroid is basically one of the main control centers of our metabolism. Okay, It helps us make energy, feel great, burn body fat, and do all different types of functions in the body. But what we want you to think about is when you undereat for long periods of time, your thyroid is going to downregulate. Okay, And so one of the hormones that your thyroid makes is T3, which plays a huge role in regulating your metabolism metabolic rate. And so this is kind of the active form of your thyroid hormone. You have t- uh, T4, which is your inactive thyroid hormone, and that gets converted to T3. But when your pr- thyroid is suppressed, you're not going to have enough circulating T3 in the body for your body to be able to maintain its metabolic functions. Okay. So when you can support your body and you can nourish it enough with enough calories, carbohydrates, it's going to help you burn more because you're maintaining these metabolic functions while you're in a fat loss phase. And this is why we use periodization with our clients because we don't want the thyroid to downregulate, right? We want to offset that adaptation. And so this is where we'll go through different, you know, short periods of time with a fat loss phase and then refeeds, whether that's two days, three days, a week, it kind of depends upon the person, but we don't want to do long-term detrimental damage to the functions of our body that are responsible for our metabolism. So that's number one. Yep, absolutely. So number two is we need to look at like our hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin, because when you are dieting, and this is the hardest part for a lot of people is because some people like, if you've been dieting for a long time, you can downregulate all of these. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to feel hungry. You're not going to, and when you eat, you might actually get full because your body starts getting used to less and less food, which is not a good thing. But leptin is our satiety hormone. And it's a big player in regulating fat storage and how many calories you eat slash burn. Okay. Calorie restriction in research is shown to decrease the amount of leptin produced, meaning we don't get as full as easily. And this is a lot of times why a lot of people that diet very hard 
they then cycle back up very hard because mm-hmm. when they start eating again, they become like ravenous or food starts to actually taste better. Like you get more of a reward sense from food. So, you know, the, the cookies that you've been restricting yourself of for three weeks now all of a sudden taste like 10 times better. <laughs> the reward center of your brain actually starts to shift. Mm-hmm. And so many people that diet for too long start to not feel hungry. And this is usually a matter of your body stopping the production of your hunger and your satiety hormones altogether, which is not what we want. Um, This usually results in kind of like haywire blood sugar levels and us storing more fat. And then the times we do get hungry, it comes in like a wrecking ball and you crave all the things. And we see this a lot of times with people that don't consume enough or don't consume enough consistently throughout the day. And then at night they overconsume. Mm-hmm. like the, you know, well, I don't eat that bad, you know, throughout the day. Sometimes I might even skip breakfast or like I'll skip lunch cause I'm busy. And then it's like the chocolate or the wine or the chips or whatever comes out at night. Because to be honest, your body's driving to find nourishment. It's driving you to get calories in and it will do that through the most palatable, highly dense calories possible to get the most calories it needs. But unfortunately, in today's society, that is very usually like processed convenience foods, which aren't providing nourishment. Yep. All right. Let's talk about two other hormones. So third one here is testosterone. Okay. So testosterone is primarily known for its role in increasing and maintaining muscle mass. Ladies, we need testosterone. Yes, it's primarily a male hormone, but we need it to build that lean tone look that we want. And it also plays a huge role in our resting metabolic rate. Okay. So testosterone has been shown to regulate fat storage in the body as well. And what we want is to be able to maintain proper levels of testosterone throughout all seasons of life, including our fat loss phases. But when we're in a calorie deficit for long periods of times, testosterone is also going to downregulate. Okay. And when we let it get super, super low, you're going to struggle to gain strength. You are going to store more fat. You're also going to feel the impacts on your sex drive um, and your energy levels too. So I've been there. I have had low testosterone. And why was that? I was eating 1,280 calories a day and 30 grams of fat. By the way, I didn't tell you this, but Dr. Haley Schaff had a post yesterday and I responded to her and she's like, what is the worst nutrition advice you've ever been given? And I said, eat 1,280 calories a day, 30 grams of fat. And it was by a PhD who was my nutrition, uh, my nutrition coach who had a PhD. She's like, what the actual, I'm like, I know you guys just because people have a PhD behind their name or an MD <laughs> behind their name does not mean that they necessarily know a lot about nutrition and how it functions within the female body. So yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. So I felt like shit. No sex drive. Yeah. They, when I had my testosterone uh, checked, they said it was like a woman in menopause, which was really, really I low. mean, when I was on RP, not to throw people under the bus, um, I was eating some days, probably 20 grams of fat or less. Yeah. I was training two hours a day. I lost my period for three years. Crazy. It was. I Don't was also a raging bitch because I had horrible mood disorder because of all of it. I've you tried. guys, mood is related to food, okay? It's the reason they rhyme. There's your next post. I know. Food is Ooh, related God, to food. That was a good one. Okay. Food is related to food. <laughs> Anyways, cortisol. Cortisol. Here's the thing. Cortisol gets a bad rap. Cortisol is actually very helpful mm-hmm. and very necessary within the body, but small amounts, small acute amounts. What does happen in like a constant state of cortisol, which results from calorie deficits, calorie restriction, constant dieting, 
it creates this high cortisol all the time. And that leads to your body actually breaking down muscle instead of fat, storing more fat in the belly. We call it the stress belly. And it also results in high blood pressure, fatigue, mood swings, irritability, and even insulin resistance. This is probably the biggest thing that we see, in my opinion, drive insulin resistance in our clients. Yep. I don't think like the I mean, clients that we work with have not been over consuming excess amounts of calories for long periods of time. It's usually a combination of inconsistent eating, mm-hmm. which drives blood sugar issues and stress on the body, and then just chronic stress in the system that they aren't managing, and that's what drives it. So you can be insulin resistant without over-consuming constantly yeah, because cortisol is high. It's funny because I'm reading that book right now, Metabolical, and they're talking about this and how 90% of Americans who are not overweight or obese struggle with insulin resistance in some format because of cortisol. Yeah. And the thing is, is with insulin resistance, and this is the backwards part about how they diagnose diabetes, um, type two diabetes, is that insulin is what starts to go haywire first, Mm -hmm. not blood sugar. Insulin is what becomes the problem first, which then in turn creates high levels of blood Blood sugar. sugar. And so that's where they they don't usually test the right things of insulin as they should. So it could be caught a lot earlier. But again, the medical conventional medical system will not flag diabetes unless you're pre-diabetic, which is like too late. You need to be flagging it a lot sooner. Yeah. So anyways, last reason, last reason. This is one of my biggest issues with dieting. And I know there's a lot of camps out there, right? Loving yourself at every size and embracing, you know, life. And in some ways I agree with that. In some ways I don't, but here's the thing that makes me really upset when I, you know, we take clients on and they're like, I'm going to be happy when, you know, and they struggle to be happy in their day to day and find joy in their day to day and really in the journey itself because they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll be happy when I get to a size six. I'll be happy when I get to, you know, 139 on the scale. And I always challenge people and ask, like, where does that number come from? Because listen, mm-hmm. I know what my low number was. I also know how poorly I was treating myself and how bad I felt when I got there. I was 143 pounds, senior year of college. I remember it distinctly. And I was like, this is awesome. I felt like, you know, really good in my skin, but physically I didn't feel good. And I also knew I wasn't going to be able to keep this up Mm -hmm. because I was doing Weight Watchers, eating all these nasty ass hundred calorie packs of chips ahoy, like (laughs) horrible. Um, I remember getting those flatbreads, right? The hundred calorie flatbreads. And then I would put like all the vegetables. Healthy choice. I used to buy the healthy choice pizzas. Yeah. The frozen pizzas. Because I mean, what? It was like six points and you could fit it into your day. Whatever. I digress. So I was also going to the gym to hours almost a day. I would be doing my elliptical, my adductor machine, and then I did step class. God, I've, I I don't know what I was thinking, but I got down to that place, right? And I was happy because I remember I got into a size four in American Eagle jeans and I was like, oh, I God, made it. Why do we associate these things? And that's the I thing. I made it. A lot of people associate, like, it's not the weight. It's what we associate with yeah. it. Like, oh, well, for you, a size four meant something. Like it meant that you were skinny enough. Mm-hmm. For what, like, There's something that we hold on to about those weird goals because guys, they are weird. No one fucking sees your pant size. No one sees the weight that you are. Like, I actually like telling people my weight because they're shocked by it. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking weigh 170 pounds and I'm strong as hell. I'm fit, I'm healthy, and I feel good. And I, you know, I'll never be a size two unless I literally break my hip bone. So it is... It is about being confident with what you're doing to support your body and your health. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest disconnect that people have is they aren't 
proud of themselves. They aren't confident. They aren't happy with the actions they're taking. And so we keep hanging on to these yo-yo diets, these extreme measures, because we think that that will get us to the place where we'll be happy because we associate happiness with this random number on the Mm -hmm. scale or whatever it might be. And also, I think because dieting and extreme restriction is like this like punishment that's handed down on us for not being able to be disciplined enough, for not being able to stick to our guns with food or whatever. And at the end of the day, internally is where we need to look. We mm. need to look like, well, what are you unhappy with in your life? Yep. Is it because you aren't showing up with yourself? Is it because you aren't, you know, exercising when you say you should or want to, or you aren't, you keep giving in to the bottle of wine every Friday night because it's just habit now? Like, what about your life is making you unhappy? Most of the time, I will say, it is likely a choice that you have made that you aren't proud of. Mm-hmm. And that, and maybe choices like that keep persisting. And you guys, these are habits. These are routines. They're hard to break. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that you guys are weak or like they're, you're at fault or anything. I feel like this is turning into Friday fire. But it's one of those things where we need, we need to address if they are habit-based and routine-based. And then you just have to start chipping away at them. And we see this all the time with our clients. Like, um, it is more so the things that they're doing to invest in themselves mm-hmm. that start to make them confident and happy. And most of them aren't close most of them aren't at their goals when they find that like they and then they start to even not care as much about their goals right it's because they've shown themselves that they're worthy of prioritizing themselves and that they matter and i think that's where a lot of people when we're struggling with our confidence and we're struggling with being happy in who we are it's because we put ourselves on the back burner and we always talk about this with our clients is like, you should be your number one priority. Yes, your children matter. Yes, your husband matters. Yes, your job matters. But guess what? When you show up for yourself and you fill your cup up first, we said this a thousand times on the podcast, you're going to show up better for them and you're going to show up in all other areas of your life better, right? And so then you're going to have more fulfilled relationships. You're going to have better relationships with your kids because you have more patience for them. You're going to be more productive at work, right? It just tr- It's like a trickle-down effect. But when we put ourselves on the back burner, I wouldn't be happy either because I would feel like, you know, my life doesn't matter, mm-hmm. that my goals don't matter, but your goals do matter. And when you can find this happiness and find this joy in the journey simply through the things that you are doing every day to give yourself that time and show up for you, it makes the journey a lot easier. And it also makes it a lot more enjoyable because then you get to have fun with it, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I'm so excited. I get to do my workouts, you know, today at six o'clock or I get to go to the gym on Thursday at four o'clock, you know, whatever it is for you that you're going to be implementing to show yourself that you can do hard things and that you matter. That's the where people start to see that happiness come in every single day because we only have one life. There's no point in living your life unhappy and angry and feeling like, you know, woe is me because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, you know? And then the other thing I think is really important in terms of, you know, holding yourself back from being happy until whenever this goal is met is if you can start to shift and you can start to visualize you achieving your goals you're going to get better results. It's like speaking it into existence. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, this is a lot of mindset stuff. And like, this is something else that diets do not address. Mm -hmm. Um, There are very few diets out there that really dive deep into the mindset aspect. And I, I will say like, I think Noom does a little bit of like, they do emails and stuff like that, but literally someone talking to you and being like, 
digging deep into our pain points, digging deep into our whys, our why do we not show up for ourselves when we say we're going to? Like, where is that stemming from? Mm. What happened in our past that drives this action? Like, there's always an answer, guys. There's always a reason why we stop doing these things or maybe we never started at any point. And so that's a huge part of what we do with our clients. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's It's a very hard thing to dive down that road. And that is why I think having the accountability and having the coach aspect behind it is so helpful for people because it makes us answer the hard questions that we aren't answering ourselves. Yes, 1000%. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, they have these goals, they say they want to lose the weight, right? But they really struggle to believe that it's possible. And so this is where when working with someone and, you know, we're asking you the hard questions, we're asking you like, where do these beliefs stem from? Why do you not believe that you are capable of, of achieving your goals? And they're like, well, I've tried so many times in the past and I failed. And it's like, well, maybe we just didn't have the right tools or the right plan at that point in time. But now we do. And so we have to start speaking positively and optimistically about our goals and believe that we can achieve them. Because honestly, Anyone is capable of anything that they put their mind to and they follow through with hard work. The problem comes into play is when we don't follow through, right? Like we have to show up, we have to be disciplined. And so this is where it's important for you to start kind of, I don't know if I like the word manifest, but really start to speak these things into existence and reframe those stories in your mind. And you're telling yourself, I can do hard things. I deserve to have this time. I am capable of achieving my goals. I am confident. I am happy in this moment right now because Mm -hmm. I get to do these things for myself. And so this is where, you know, gratitude can also be a huge help. Oh, yeah. Coach Jen talked about it on our podcast a couple weeks ago, right? Setting an alarm in the morning, saying or just thinking about one thing that you're grateful for. At nighttime, setting another alarm, saying or thinking, you know, what was the best part of my day? What am I thankful for? What happened today that was good? Because studies have shown us that gratitude can help increase happiness, gives people, you know, better self-esteem, a more positive outlook on life, improved relationships, because we kind of start to show up with a greater sense of connection and thankfulness and gratefulness for others, you know, or just for life in general, like the beauty that you see around you, the ability to breathe another day and live another day, you know? And it's something that I think a lot of people just don't ever think about or talk about. And instead they kind of hold themselves back from this joy that they deserve on the journey by being angry about the fact that the scale is not moving as fast as they want it to. Yeah, absolutely. Gratitude's been huge for my journey as well. Cause I was stuck in a very negative mindset. Like I was always thinking about what's wrong with me, what, you know, what can't I do? What don't I look like? Like it was always the negative and I was stuck there. And you guys, it's a, it's a learned behavior to have Mm. negative thoughts. It's a defense mechanism of the body. And so switching it is something that takes very consistent, purposeful action. So every day I would work on my gratitude every day. I would challenge my negative thoughts. And like, it wasn't easy at first to be honest. (laughs) And it still isn't easy some days, but when I was consistent with it, I felt better. I noticed I slept better. I noticed that my, my happiness levels completely changed and it was because of the gratitude. So we have to shift that negative into the positive mindset and that takes practice. It takes time and it's not easy to do on your own, but that is why we are here. That is what we help our clients with. We always say like, 
if you want somewhere to start, start with just a gratitude journal. Keep a journal next mm-hmm. to your bed. Do it every morning or every night, whatever you remember better. But implement, you know, one to two things that you're grateful for that day or you know, something that you're proud of yourself for that day and start to develop that muscle because it is a muscle that is so necessary in this process. Because I promise you the scale number, the size on your jeans, whatever the hell it is, that is not the answer. It is never going to be the answer. What you associate with that is probably what you're after, which is the confidence you have in yourself. And that comes from doing the things that you tell yourself you're going to do. Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, The more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. Five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you.